Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Great job, Joseph. Thank you very much. Uh, If you're new to church and wondering what's going to happen next, I'm going to talk for about 15 or 20 minutes, the value of which I will leave you to be the judge of. I've come to the conclusion that God is into the detail. To be fair, he's also a big picture guy, a guy that would make the heavens and the universe as large and as expanding as it is, must be a big picture guy, but he's also into the detail. Think about a tree or a flower or the intricacies of your body or even to go deeper, smaller still at microscopic level. There is a world of discovery for us there. Nothing escapes his attention. He's into the detail. And when God does stuff, I've discovered that there's always treasure, wonder in the detail. See with me at verse 8. Finally, the other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. What did he see? What was there in that tomb that created faith? What detail was there that became for him life transforming? Well, the pace slows right down to make sure we don't miss it. And we get a detailed description of what he saw In verse 6, he saw the strips of linen lying there. Grave clothes, abandoned. That's all there was to see. A pile of discarded clothes, not an uncommon sight on many bedroom floors. Just clothes. I say a pile of clothes as if clothes are unimportant to us. But of course, clothes really matter. We devote endless hours and excessive pounds in choosing what we wear. The high streets and online shops are booming because of our continued passion to assess, to reflect and to change the way that we dress. Clothes are important. I expect to us all, even if we say I'm not interested in clothes, they don't matter to me at one level or another. I think all of us are bothered in some way about our clothes. So let's create some confidence in the room, shall we? Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, you look great in that white top, stripy top, green shirt today. You look great in that. Okay, now do it again like you really mean it. Go on, you look great in that. Clothes, clothes are super important to us. Clothes are important for our sense of identity. They speak of our culture, our ethnicity, our tribe. 
We wear badges called brands that remind us, we think, and remind others that we belong, that we are part of that particular club or team. Uniforms, team shirts, dressing up, our clothes say something, Sarah, even if it's not what we intended. Is Sarah in the house? Hey, come on. What were you trying to say, Sarah? Tell Sarah that she looks gorgeous today. You look... (laughs) Clothes, as you can see by the bunny rabbit at the back, clothes affect the way that we feel. You'll put something on and say, hey, I look good in this. I, I feel alive. Or you'll put something on and say, oh, I feel stodgy. I feel pale. Sometimes I put something on and think, I look short in this. (laughs) Clothes also affect the way others view us and respond to us. When I wear a suit, you act surprised, which suggests my suit helps you believe that I might be something more than an unkempt boy. Someone will always say, you scrub up well because I look a state most of the time. And then there are some people who think that they can look really good, (coughs) Joel, in anything. But they can't. They look a state. Or can they? Is there not a beauty that is deeper than the clothes that we wear, a comfortableness about ourselves that transcends whatever fashion we embrace, and a presence of self that no stylist on earth could ever create. We all know beautiful people who have as much fashion sense as a pig in a leotard, but yet they look beautiful. It just oozes out of them. Why don't you turn to someone and say, do you know when Simon just talked about a pig in a leotard, was he talking about me? (laughs) We all know beautiful people with a beauty shines through whatever they are wearing. They're dressed not just in the clothes that they wear, but in an undergarment of beauty. You see, the truth is, we all wear clothes that everyone can see. And we all wear undergarments. I don't mean underwear or lingerie. I guess we wear those too. But undergarments that we think people can't see, but that are perhaps all too often on display. Sometimes we acknowledge that our undergarments are showing. Look at them. They're wearing their hearts on their Sleeves, they're under, they're wearing, their undergarment is showing. They're, they're dressed in something more than their clothes. They're, they're wearing more than what covers them physically. These clothes are what really brings us alive or keeps us confined. These undergarments are what creates and shapes our identity more than cotton or denim 
ever will. We would love our undergarments to be robes of joy and flowing dresses of peace and sturdy boots of inner strength and a great hat, a crown of beauty on our heads. But also often our undergarments betray us. Think of a time when you were clothed in fear. And fear gripped you tightly around your stomach like a belt that couldn't be loosened. Or when you were clothed in anxiety and it choked you like a halter neck and you could hardly breathe for your anxiousness. Or when you were clothed in shame or guilt and you couldn't look others in the eye because you feared that they could see into your soul. These are the clothes of death. They kill us. They strangle the life out of us. Covering up our beauty, they crush our spirits and choke our joy. What if these clothes of death could be left behind forever? There in that tomb was a discarded pile of clothes. Clothes of death abandoned because nobody needs to wear them anymore. Abandoned because no one needs them. The resurrection leaves the clothes of death behind. Whatever undergarments are dragging you down, Whatever cloak is wrapping tightly around you, whatever heaviness of shame and guilt or disappointment you are wearing, all of that and more that Jesus took to the cross are wrapped up in those clothes of death, now discarded, abandoned, because you don't need to wear them anymore. The resurrection leaves the clothes of death behind. Simon, you don't understand. You don't understand how tightly the robe of fear grips me. It hugs me. You don't understand how heavy the cloak of disappointment is. I can't get them off. I can't leave them behind. They're too heavy, too tight. I'd love to leave them behind, but I just can't loose myself from them. Look more closely. Remember the detail. He saw and believed. Verse 5, he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. No wonder he didn't go in. He saw the grave clothes lying literally in their place. The grave clothes, as they had been left, still all wrapped up as if a body was inside, yet no one was inside. The body of Jesus had miraculously simply passed through, just like he would pass through locked doors later that afternoon. The strips of linen wrapped in a hundred pounds of spices would have already gone hard and brittle. To get anything out of them, they would need to be cut and ripped and torn. There would have been pieces everywhere. But to see them lying there, 
untouched. No wonder he didn't rush in. I'm not sure I would have dared. A gobsmacking sight. Strips of linen like a discarded chrysalis from which the butterfly had come. And I guess if you read John's gospel from the beginning, and we were reading towards the end, you would remember the story about a man called Lazarus, that after four days, Jesus raised back to life. And he came out of the tomb, all wrapped up in his strips of linen. He couldn't get them off for himself. He needed his friends to unwrap him. They were tightly gripping him, wrapped around him, and there was no way he could free himself by himself. Lazarus was resuscitated to die again, but Jesus simply rose, never to die again. These clothes couldn't hold him. They could no longer bind him or constrict him or constrain him. He was free. And what Jesus did with his grave clothes, he can do with yours. His power His strength, his resurrection can lift you out of whatever is holding you so tightly. The resurrection, secondly, lifts us out of everything that holds us, however tight their grip around us appears to be. The belt that's too tight, the cloak that's too heavy, the robe that's too dark. Jesus can lift me out of it all. Yes! I'm fed up with some of my undergarments, aren't you? Don't tweet that. Out of context. I'm fed up with those clothes on the inside that have trapped me for too long, constrained me too much, but with Jesus I can be gloriously free. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. A robe of righteousness instead of scarlet rags. To use some words of an ancient prophet called Isaiah. Firstly, the resurrection leaves the clothes of death behind. Do I get an amen? Secondly, the resurrection lifts us out of all that holds us. Do I get a yes, Jesus? But notice one last thing, verse 7. The cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded and lying apart from the other wrappings. It's a breathtaking scene. The strips of linen are all wrapped up around the body, untouched, unmoved. But the cloth that had covered Jesus' face has been lifted off, carefully folded up and placed where Jesus' head had once laid. There is always treasure in the detail. Why was the cloth folded? We don't know. At least we can't be certain. What we do know is that unlike Lazarus, Jesus was so in control that he was able to take his own headcloth off and with great poise and serenity and calm and beauty, if you will, carefully fold it up and place it where he once laid. I love the serenity of the, the picture. 
The sun rising this morning was glorious. It's, it's just so slow and calm and majestic as it gently came up over the trees. Never rushed, never late, never fretting, never anxious, just majestic, perfect, there, on time, in control, certain, dependable, assured. And I love that sense of poise and dignity for Jesus. No rush, no lateness, no busyness, no scrabbling around, but with great poise and dignity. Folded up his own headcloth and left it where his head had laid. The story goes that Jesus was reenacting a Jewish custom. When a master at a meal would get up from the table, it was important for the servants to know whether the master had finished or not. They didn't start clearing the table if the master hadn't finished. The alleged custom was this, that a master getting up from the table would take his cloth, his napkin, and he would wipe his hands and his mouth. And if he'd finished the meal, he would toss the napkin onto the table. I'm done, I'm finished. But if the master got up from the table and took his cloth and wiped his hands and wiped his mouth and then carefully folded it up and placed it on the table. Although he was leaving in that moment, he was saying to the servants, I'll soon be back. A folded cloth, a sign that the master was coming back. You with me? The resurrection lets us know he's coming back. Did Jesus in the early hours of resurrection morning fold up his own head covering? Yes. Does Jesus have every intention of coming back just like he promised? Yes. Is that why he folded the cloth? I have no idea. But what I do know is this. That folded napkin is a reminder that the resurrected power of Jesus brings calm and poise out of our chaos. Brings order out of our disorder. And this folded cloth is an eternal reminder that Jesus is who he is. And if he said he would die and rise again, and he did die and rise again, you can be absolutely certain that if he says he's coming back, then one day he will. Just like he's promised. Ultimately bringing calm out of our chaos. Causing life to burst out of death, creating order out of disorder and bringing things that were dead alive. A life that nothing can defeat, a life that nothing can hold down, a life that will blaze in glory forever. And some grave clothes in a Palestinian tomb were just left lying there so that you and I would always Always no. Let's just uh, stop for a moment and respond as the band come and join us. So much in there. 
Why don't we just uh, prayerfully sit for a moment. What's God saying to you? And as Simon was uh, speaking, I think there were two nudges that I felt from God. The first one was right at the beginning of what he said, where he highlighted the verse that they saw and they believed. Have you seen how much you are loved? And do you believe it? There's something to know and then there's something to do. And perhaps you're sat here today and you're thinking, I have seen, but it's time for me now to say, yes, I believe. I believe. Many around the world today will renew their baptism vows of one description or another. Many of us have been baptized on Easter Sunday. And so we're going to sing a song in a moment. And just before we do, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer of of recommitment. Or perhaps this is a prayer for you to pray for the first time, saying, I believe, I've seen the cost. I understand who you are, and I want to believe that I can be alive in you. So will you stand with me, please? We have seen you, Lord hanging on a cross. But now we see you alive forevermore. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that you loved us so much you were willing to give your life up for us. We want to thank you that you were willing to do that for me. And Father God, once again, or perhaps for the first time right now, I want to say I love you back. I love you. And I give my life to you as a living sacrifice. I confess that I need you. I confess that I need you. That you gave it up so that I could be forgiven, free and redeemed. I need you but I put on the new identity you have for me. I thank you that I am now known as a child of the King, that I am forgiven and restored, and that with you, my life is completely safe forever and ever. And as I sing this next song, Lord, I'm believing that your Holy Spirit is living in me, empowering me to live a new life for you, Because you are worthy of it all.